I once was full of anxiety and worry, but all because of Jesus, I'm now full of peace and joy. I was lonely, bitter, and depressed, but all because of Jesus, I have peace and found freedom. Estaba lleno de inseguridad y de tristeza, pero gracias a la gracia de Jesús, ahora tengo paz y tengo gozo en mi corazón. All because of Jesus. All because of Jesus. Solo por Jesús. Come on, isn't that good? Let's honor Jesus together. Come on, that's awesome. I could sit all day and listen to stories just like that. Well, good morning again. My name's Brandon. I want to welcome everybody online again today. I'm excited. We're in week two of this series, All Because of Jesus. And our hope for this series, I hope you were here last week to kick it off. If not, all of it's on the app or online. But here's our hope, is that every one of us sitting in this room or watching online, that we all have this experience with Jesus that we can literally say and mean that all because of Jesus, I was, but now I am. That I'm not who I was all because of Jesus. That I'm not where I was all because of Jesus. That I'm not walking in depression or despair. I'm not walking in heartache. I'm not walking in loneliness, hopelessness. But all because of Jesus, I have this new life in Christ. And that's the big idea of this series. Because here's the deal. The Bible tells us that God doesn't show favorites. That every single one of us that God loves us all the same. Believe that or not, regardless of what your season of life is, you're going to go, well, God certainly loves that one a little more because, you know, uh, they, they do it a little better than I do. Or some of you are going, God's got to love me a little more because I know I'm ahead of that one over there. You know what I'm talking about? But here's the deal. God loves us all the same. So the same possibility that you hear for one, that means it's available for all of us. And so I, I want to ask you this question today, just kind of going into this morning, can you answer that question per personally? Can you say, I was, but all because of Jesus, I am? And if you can't point to a moment in your life where you can 100% say, well, all because of Jesus, well, then today, let me tell you, it's your day. I'm going to give you an opportunity before we leave this place today to say yes to Jesus. Because here's the heart of God, is that as his children, that every one of us would want relationship with him. Look at it in 1 Corinthians 1.30. Here's our key verse. We're reading this every single week as a part of this series. And it says, it is because of him, underline that, it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. It is because of him that today we stand redeemed. Uh, Pastor Brandon kicked this series off last week here in Alabaster and uh, with uh, I Am Forgiven, the greatest gift that we've ever been given. Be All because of Jesus, I have been forgiven. And that the forgiveness of our sin that Jesus gave his life for us, that he would die on the cross for every one of us, is the greatest gift and it's the greatest miracle. And here's the greatest thing. I just said it. Every one of us qualify for it. Regardless of where you've been, what you think, every one of us qualify for this forgiveness from Jesus. Today, week two, I titled your message, I Am New. And today's a little tough because we're going we're to get a little deep. We're going to step on some toes. So go ahead and if you need to curl them up or whatever you're going to do. But we're going to do it gracefully and let God challenge all of us. Because let me tell you, in all of my life, I've been following Jesus for 35 years. And I'm only 25. So I've been following Jesus a long time. And uh, I've been in ministry basically my whole life, but certainly full-time with my life since uh, I graduated high school. And I can tell you, I have experienced a lot of stuff in church. If you have been around church for a length of time, 
you will understand God has a sense of humor. Not every church is the same. Y'all understand what I'm saying? You don't know what's on the other side. When I go today, when I go visit a church, I sit on the back. Because i got to go, they got to get through every one of you before they get to me. And I can be out of the door before anything gets me, right? Because I've, I've seen it, I've done it all. So when I grew up in church, some of the things that I observed that were just, you know, kind of out there, is I remember kind of growing up in a small country church, they, they would just let anybody say anything. And that's never a good idea. It, it just isn't. Some people don't take their medication sometimes. <laughs> Y'all, I'm just saying and so you just can't have an open forum. And um, I'll never forget, one Sunday morning, they would say, hey, does anybody have a prayer request? And you might as well buckle up. You're going to be there a long time when somebody says that. And y'all know how important it is for us to get to the buffet. Okay, so, so they opened this up. And I'll never forget, I'm scarred from it today. I need therapy over this. I was a kid. And I remember this woman gets up, and she starts walking down the center aisle. Now, I'm just going to tell you, if, if somebody starts moving out of order, we have an issue, okay? Today, here, you'll get tackled. There's somebody that will tackle you, okay? And you're going, really? That sounds mean. No. I experience weird stuff in church. You're going to get tackled, okay? We're not going to get there. And this woman, she goes, well, the devil has been after me all week long. And she just is going, as she's walking down this aisle. And everybody, you can see, is getting uncomfortable. And all of a sudden, she snatches her hair off. And there are twigs of hair sticking up on top of her head. She did not normally wear a wig. This was new. This had just happened this week. And as there's twigs on top of her head, she declares that the devil made her do it. And by this point, you know, because there's no structure or order, we don't even know how we're going to get out of this. So I just remember the pastor. She's in the middle of talking. He goes, everybody, let's just pray for her right now. I mean, just drown her out, pray her to the back, get her out of the building. You know what I'm saying? So I, I'm just saying that because I have seen some stuff in church. But the thing that has stuck with me more than anything is not just the strange things that I've experienced in church. But the most heartbreaking thing that stands out to me the most is the number of people who as we talked about last week, experience and receive the forgiveness and the new life in Jesus, but do not live it out. They experience it, and they say yes to it, but then one week, two weeks, three weeks, six weeks, six months later, they're back in the same place that they were, oftentimes in a worse situation that they began in, all because they didn't live this new life in which they had been given. And so today, what I want to say is, what do we do with the new life that we've been given in Christ? What do we do with this forgiveness? How do we live this out? Now, some of you are here watching online. You've never said yes to Jesus. And so this, you're like, I don't even know where to begin. Well, okay, that's all right. Well, I told you, we're going to get you an opportunity at the end of this day. Some of you are brand new in this, and you're like, yes, I need to know where do I go from here. And then some of you are already tuning out because you're thinking, man, I've been doing this for 50 years. I got this. Well, if you're not growing, you're declining. And so every one of us are called to cultivate the relationship and steward what God has given to us, this new life. So if I'm not different tomorrow and better than today, I missed it. And i got to pick it up again tomorrow. So from the context and the lens and the framework and where you are, 
I want you to say, how can I go from where I am to where God wants me to be? And so I want to give us three things today that I think are crucially important to living out this new life. So y'all ready for it? All right, I appreciate you. All right, me and you in it. All right, let's pray. Everybody else will catch up. God, we love you. Wake everybody up, God. Stir us up today. We're excited about your word. God, we're here to honor you. God, I pray that in this moment that you would change me. I'm not asking, God, that you would conform to me. I want to look like you. And God, for everybody online, God, no distractions would would take them away from this moment. God, we want to grow. And we want to look like Jesus as we imitate you as disciples of Christ. Thank you for your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Three words I'll give you that come from Jesus. We're going to be in John chapter 15 today. If you've got a Bible, you want to turn there. It's on the screen. It's on your notes. I encourage you to pull it out of your worship guide, digital note takers. It's on the app if you want to do that. But take some notes. You will remember 80% of what you write, only 20% of what you hear. And so I encourage you to engage and learn some stuff today. Out of John 15, three words Jesus gives us what to do with this new life. Here's the first word I'll give you. He says, remain. This is crucially important. Remain. To remain. To stay. Not to leave. Stay connected. Stay engaged. Jesus says, remain in me and I will remain in you. Look at the conditions that are there. It's conditional. There are some conditions there. Remain in me and I'll remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. It won't grow. It dies. And you cannot be fruitful unless you what? Remain in me. Yes, Jesus says, I'm the vine and you're the branch. And there again, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Why is it that we see people come to a relationship with Jesus, to pray a prayer, and to have this moment? Sometimes it's it's emotional, emotional moments. Come on, back when I grew up, we went to the altar and we slobbered on the altar and we stayed and we and nothing wrong with it. But I saw people walk away and they left the experience sitting on that same altar. It didn't go with them. I've sat in this room, in this new building, and I've seen people make a decision for Jesus, and I've seen the name on the card, and we follow up and we've prayed and we've tried to engage, and I've seen them disappear. Why? Because we do not remain. We don't stay. We don't connect to what changed us to begin with. Everybody, Jesus is the answer. It's not all the things that we make it out to be, but we don't stay. We we, we get close to him enough that it's comfortable, and then when it gets uncomfortable, we just start backing away. We went to the beach last week and took our son. And and you ever put uh, sunscreen on a kid? I don't know what's wrong. You think it was it was it was toxic. Like it was he he's so white, everybody, he's opaque. You'll see straight through his little skin. It's like Casper the friendly ghost, all right? And uh, he got a little son this summer. He's so proud of it. Dad, I got a tan. He said, I don't want it to go anywhere, Dad. How do I keep this tan on? Put some lotion on me. You know, he's so pumped about it. But at the beach, when you when you go to put sun lotion, sun, you know, sunscreen, you, you start rubbing it, and the more you're rubbing, he's backing up. I'm like, bud, and you tell him, come here. And you start snatching him over there, and you start putting it again. And he just keeps backing up. And I'm like, son, you, you understand, I can't reach you over there. Come here. Sit right here. And he's squirming, and he's moving, and he's backing away. Look, it's going to protect him. It's a good thing. He will die in the sun. We have to put it on there every 15 minutes. Set a timer, or he's dead. <laughs> 
But yet, when he, when he, when he gets uncomfortable, when it, it's, he starts backing away. And every one of us do this way with Jesus. See, we like something when it doesn't cost us anything. See, we like, we're okay in our culture with religious Jesus. We know a little bit about Jesus. We got our toe in it. I've been to church. I know a church story. And I'm fine if you want to talk about Jesus because he was a good man of history. And that's cool. And then some of us are cool with Savior Jesus because we don't want to go to hell. If there is a hell, people still believe in hell, right? There is everybody. The Bible teaches this. But for some reason, even our churches are erasing that. There is an eternity. And there is a place away from God. And it is a place called hell. No, he didn't create it for us. He created it for the devil and his demons. But unless we choose to remain in him, there is no life. Now, when it comes to making him our Lord and submitting to him to remain, that's when we don't... Say, how many of you like free stuff? Anybody like free stuff? You know, you start giving something away for free, there'd be cars lined up down the street. I like free stuff. Now, I'll take some free. If it's a free trial on something, sign me up, baby. I'll give it seven days. Yeah. If it's 30, even better. Because I'll set a timer on my phone the day before. I'm going to cut that thing off. You ain't going to charge me. Ah, you're not going to charge me. But, but I'm going to get that 30 days or that seven days. But you know when I cancel it? Right before it's going to cost me something. And unfortunately, we come to an atmosphere like this. And we hear that all because of Jesus. And you're like, sign me up for that. Because my wife is crazy. <laughs> my husband, he's crazy. I need a wife. I need a husband. You know, wherever you are. Sign me up for that. Until it costs us something. And then we don't want to remain. But everybody, unless you stay in relationship with Jesus... You can't grow fruit. You won't be fruitful. And you'll wonder. You'll sit back and you'll go, that church lied to me. That preacher lied to me. Those people lied to me. That's no different than the rest of the world. No. Mm -mm. No, Jesus said, if you will remain in me, I'll remain in you. See, it's a condition. You have to stay in relationship with Jesus. Many of us are not fulfilled in our relationship with Jesus because we don't remain. So let me give you a few things to help you remain. There, there's two big ones. Write this down. One is relationship. Relationship will cause you to remain. Now, you may not think it will, but look, we're getting into the holiday season. Now, challenge me on this. Some of you will go to places and sit with people that you do not like. You know why? Because you were born into that relationship. Some of you are going to buy Christmas presents for people you don't even like. You're going to go down the aisle, and you're going to find something on sale, and you're going to go, that'll do, and you're going to wrap it up, and you're going to go here. Merry Christmas. Why? Because of relationship. See, when you have relationship, and you're invested in something, it will keep you. You know what else will keep you? Responsibility. Responsibility will keep you. It'll help you. See, I'm, I don't, I don't want to make us less spiritual than we are, Okay. But some of us, even some of you serving on the C team today, you're here today, and you really didn't want to be. Now, I, God didn't tell me any names, so don't get uncomfortable. Some of you go, oh, God, he, he said, God's told on me. No, I don't know, so you're fine. But you didn't really want to be here today. You didn't want to do what you did. But because of your responsibility, you said, I've already told him I would do it. I already said yes on Planning Center. 
I already scheduled it, so I'm going to go. I'm going to be there. But you know what I can guarantee you? Because I've talked to many people, and everybody, I've experienced it too. And please don't tell nobody I said that. But there's been some Sundays I've been like, oh, man, it's a Sunday. But myself, nor anybody I've ever talked to has ever left going, I wish I hadn't have done that today. You may not have wanted to walk in this place because you were tired or you were discouraged or you're just whatever it is. But when you leave this place, there's not a one that didn't go, I'm so glad I was there. I'm so glad I was a part of that. But you know what got you here? Responsibility. See, some of us need to engage in the things of God. Do some things that you're responsible for that shapes and changes eternity. It's how you remain. You know, the Bible's a great way to remain in God. See, we, thought, we try to think of all the reasons why this, that, or the other. We say, oh, yeah, you're going to talk about reading the Bible. I need to get better about that. Listen to me. It's God's Word. The Bible says, I hid His Word in my heart so that I would not sin. Okay? So what, they said yes to Jesus. Why are they still crazy? Well, they ain't read the Bible. They don't know the rules yet. <laughs> they ain't learned anything yet. you got to get in God's Word. you got to pray. How do you remain? Pray. Talk to God. Some of us, communication, you talk about everything to everybody. Spend some time talking to God. These are the elementary things that we don't do, and we wonder why are we not remaining. The church, listen to me. I'm I'm about to just tell you, and I firmly believe it, not because I'm a pastor. Look, if this church is not your flavor, not your feel, this is not home, let me help you find a church. I do not care what church you go to or belong to, but you need to love it and you need to be able to serve in it and you need to be able to give your life to it because it matters, because I've lived it and I'm about to show it to you. I'm doing a study right now on Generation Z, this youngest generation that we have, and I'm learning a whole lot about the correlation between the impact of the church and this latest generation. Because here's what I know, as of two years ago, only 47% of the U.S. population say they belong to a church. That is the lowest it has ever been in eight decades. The church is dissolving. And this latest generation does not have a desire to be connected to this church. And do you know why they don't want to be in church? And we say, well, this generation, these crazy kids, you know, we blame it. No, because there has been a decline in their grandparents and their parents that's handed it down to them. And it hasn't been modeled to them, so they don't think it's important. But I'm about to show you the impact of not just saying, oh, yeah, we go to church. Going to church, oh, it's Saturday night. Are we going tomorrow? I don't know. We'll see how we feel in the morning. Well, we got travel ball. We've got to be gone for six months. Uh, we got to go on vacation. We've got to do this. Let me, let me show you the difference. And just saying, well, we attend church and we're engaged in church. We serve in church. Our students go to, uh, to youth group. Our kids are in kids' church. They go to camp together. They go to these activities. All this stuff. We prioritize everything else. But let me show you the difference that happens in church. A group of Gen Z was asked this question. Listen. Jesus was a real person who was crucified and actually physically raised from the dead. He was a real person. He was physically crucified and he was raised from the dead. I'm going to go ahead and give you the answer, okay? It's a tenet of our faith. It's foundational. Churched students, 85% of them agreed with that statement. But those engaged and involved and invested in the church who remain in the place, 94% of them agreed with that statement. This statement, faith in Jesus is the only way to God. 
If I remember right, Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life, and there is no other way to God except through me. So that's true. Jesus is the only way to God. The church students, we go to church, 76% agreed. Those engaged in it, 96% of them agreed. Last one, the Bible is totally accurate in all of its principles and teachings. By the way, it is. Those who just say, well, we go to church, 61% agreed with that. Yet those who were engaged in church, this is the central part of their life, 99% of them agreed with that. We have a biblically illiterate generation. We have a spiritually confused generation. And the reason is, is because we have not remained attached to the vine that produces fruit, that grows our life. Today, this is what I'm telling you. The inside of this building is not everything, but it is a lot of things. Because it impacts what we do Monday through Saturday. And that Monday through Saturday remaining that God is calling us to do is how we grow in our faith and we attach ourselves to the things of God. Number two, here's how we walk this new life. Jesus says, respond. Write that word, respond. This is important. Jesus said, when, conditional again, when you obey Okay, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. When you do what I tell you. Just as I obey the Father's commandments and remain in his love. Jesus doesn't ask us to do anything that he does not do himself. As a matter of fact, Jesus models that for us. He even told some in John 8, as Jesus said to people who believe in him, you are my true disciples if you what? Remain faithful to what? My teachings. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You see, life-changing Jesus requires a response. How do you know if you're remaining in him? How do you know if you're doing it? Because you will respond to the things that Jesus said. What did Jesus say? Will you follow his teachings? Jesus said, I didn't say one thing God didn't tell me to say. I didn't do one thing that God did not tell me to do. That's how he lived his life. You say, well, he's the son of God. Yeah, but he was a physical man on this planet. That we will never be Jesus. We'll never get it right, but he is our blueprint in which we follow. So if Jesus said to do something, therefore we should do it. Today at 4 o'clock, we're going to have baptism at Montevallo Park. And picnic, and we're going to grill out. Everybody's invited. The food's prepared for you. Just come show up. And here's what I'm going to tell you. This is strong, but I'm just going to tell you. If you've never been baptized, I hope today the Holy Spirit convicts your heart. You need to be baptized. Why are you not baptized? Jesus said to do it. Jesus wasn't forgiven of sin. Listen to me. God, Jesus was baptized, and God said, that's my son, whom I'm well pleased with when he was baptized. Why was God so pleased? Because Jesus set the example for us to do it. My son's being baptized today. He's seven. And let me tell you why this is important to me. It's not just, oh, you know, preacher kid getting baptized. No, let me tell you. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. So I didn't have Christian parents model this for me. I'm, 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 I'm like learning. All right, God, don't let me screw this kid up, right? Because every preacher's kid I know, no, dis, no disrespect, they're all crazy, okay? And I didn't want my faith and us being in church all the time to be forcibly his faith. I want it to be his own. So it has become his own. And this whole deal about baptism, he's been asking for a long time. I've been shutting it down for a while. Until I knew he was ready. And so he's been ready, and he's told us about baptism. What I'm asking, buddy, why do you want me baptized? He said, well, he said, Dad, I've already given my heart to Jesus. He said, that was the first step. 
And he was so excited. I got on video when he did it. It was just so, it was so great. And then he said, and Dad, the next thing to do is to be baptized. And I want to follow Jesus, and I want to make him proud. And I'm like, buddy, that's awesome. So we've been asking about baptism, and he's been explaining what it means. And I've asked him like 15 times. So last night we pray, and, and he's excited about today. And so I asked him, hey, buddy, what's, what's baptism mean? And he said, Dad, it's kind of like a snake. I said, oh, God. <laughs> I said, we're going to have to cancel the baptism. This kid don't know nothing about it. We're going to have to cancel it. I said, I said okay, buddy. So we'll explain. He said, well, you know, Dad, how a snake will shed his skin? I said, okay. I don't know where he got this from. He said, well, Dad, he said, when I'm baptized, he's like, it's like I'm a snake, and I'm shedding my skin. And that old skin of sin is gone, and I am brand new in Jesus. I said, well, okay, bud, preach it on, man. I don't know where you got that, but I like it. And then he said, hey, Dad, are they going to change the water in between baptisms? I said, well, buddy, this is going to be at the creek. I said, I said why are you want to change the water? He said, Dad, because I don't want to catch anybody else's sin that's been washed away in the water. I said, buddy, it don't work that way. It's not any physical sin, but it's symbolic. You said, you know, what you've done. If you ain't been baptized, you can be baptized today. Okay? Just do it. And if for some reason today, the, the tank's right there, press a button, be fresh water, we'll do it next week. If you remain in me, and, and you remain in me when you obey my commandments, I, it just is what it is, everybody. And it's not just baptism. Jesus said we're to go to be the light of the world. Share what Jesus has, has done. Some of us are so scared for people to know. You're so scared for somebody to know you're messed up. But let me give you a little tip. We already know it. <laughs> it ain't a secret. You ain't that good at hiding it. <laughs> we already know. Don't be embarrassed. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's been somewhere. And somebody just happens to be there right now, and they need you to lift them out of it. And it's the hope that I was, but because of Jesus, I am. That may get them where they share your story. Serve other people. Give to other people. Respond to what Jesus said to do. I heard this quote. I don't know who said it. I can't give credit for it, so just give credit to me. But this quote says, If you're at peace with God, you're at war with your sin. Listen to this. If you're at peace with God, you're at war with sin. But if you're at peace with your sin, you're at war with God. And so that tells me that's a good indication if we're responding well to what Jesus has told us to do. Very quickly, number three is the word respect. Respect to honor, to put in the proper place, to adhere to. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. Let's put this, make this very clear. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit, meaning you've got a purpose, meaning he's called you, he's chosen you to a life on purpose so that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. This is my command. Y'all ready for it? Love each other. Remember, we talked about religious Jesus and Savior Jesus, but the difficult one is Lord Jesus. This respect is where you place him as Lord Jesus. It's when you put him at first in your life. In other words, Jesus trumps my feelings. Jesus trumps my opinion. Jesus trumps this culture. Jesus trumps my thoughts. Jesus trumps what anybody else says. Whatever he says, I'm going to do it because he's the Lord of my life. I'm going to respect him, and I'm going to honor him. I can give credit for this quote, a pastor, 
Jonathan Stocksteel, Bethany Church in Louisiana, said this, and I thought this was important, powerful. He said, you can't change what you can't control. And if Christ can't control you, he can't change you. And that's putting God where he needs to be, the right respect. Permission to change me. See, I, I understand that because I would like to change um, some of your driving. And uh, I can't <laughs> because you didn't ask me to do it. Okay, I don't have control, right? I, I would if somebody would allow me. I'm just telling you, I can do it. I got confidence in this. I could go to every fast food place in this city, and by the end of the day, I could change it, right? If I w- I'm just telling you, I, if I went and had a date in any one of these, they would tell you it's good to see you when you pull up. They would tell you have a good day. Thank you for your order. They wouldn't just throw napkins in the bag when you said, I ain't got any napkins. Or when you said, you forgot my fries. They wouldn't roll their eyes and huff like it's your fault. I could change it. I could shape it up. But nobody asked me. <laughs> I don't have permission. I don't have control. Some of us, God's going, I could, I could change them. Man, if I had a day. Oh, if they would just invite me to dinner. Oh, if they'd just give me a week. Oh, if that guy would be quiet and let me get in the middle of his marriage. Oh, I could fix that. Oh, I could shape those kids up. But nobody asked me. They didn't remain in me. They didn't respond and do what I asked them to do. And they didn't give me the proper respect that I desired. I think this was interesting. Just a little extra things. There was five top answers given when somebody said, what does it mean to give respect? The first one was to listen well. Listen to somebody. It's a way to give proper respect. What James 1.19 says, be slow to speak and quick to hear. That two ears, one mouth thing, that's scripture. Listen well to people. They said show appreciation. That's how you respect somebody. You appreciate them. It's what we do when we come in here. The songs and things we sing, that's not for show. It's appreciating. It's worship to God. Somebody said be on time. Isn't that a good one? Be on time. Because you dishonor me when you're late. You're saying your time's more important than my time. Well, when it comes to God, do you know that delayed obedience is still disobedience? Partial obedience is still disobedience? So in other words, be on time. Do it when God said it, then you go do it. If you know it, respond to it. God honors the obedience. Say, I'm sorry. Wouldn't it just blow your mind if somebody in your life that you can think of right now just came and said, I'm sorry apologized and took responsibility. You know what most of us would do? You'd say, I'm so glad to hear you say it. Of course I forgive you. I love you. It's what your father does. Don't walk around like you got it all together. Say, I'm sorry. He says, I love you. Thank you. We're going to work this out. Consider others' thoughts and feelings. Before we do something, before we make that decision, before we overreact, before we speak those words, consider the thoughts and the feelings of God and does this honor Him? Everybody, it's my greatest hope that as culture begins to collapse around us, as the faith of people is confused and conflicted, that we would live out a brand new life because we are new. What was is not what is. And it's all because of Jesus. And the only way we're going to make it all the way through is if we remain in Him. Respond to what He tells us to do and give God the honor and respect that He deserves. It'll guide our lives. It'll change you. It'll change your community. 
It'll change this world. Because I believe the church, us, we're the hope of the world. So will you bow your head? I want to pray for you today. If you're our guest, nobody's going to come get you, make you stand. Online, I just say, hey, don't let a distraction get you. Two things I want to pray for. We give you a heads up around here. There's no surprises or sneak attacks. I told you if you don't know Jesus, I'm going to give you a chance to do it. And that's what we're going to do right now. So if you don't know Jesus, hey, look, don't wait. Don't waste this moment. You don't know what tomorrow brings. we got it right now. We've all fallen short, all messed up, all sinned, but Jesus is the one who forgives it all. And I want to give you a chance to say yes to him. Many of us are here, and you're in different places in your relationship with God. But maybe today you identified an area that you need to remain. Maybe to respond or to respect God for who he is. I want to pray that we would be able to do that as believers, as followers of Christ. So Jesus, today, for any of us in this room online without a personal relationship with you, today we just ask for forgiveness. We've lived life our own way. We don't want to do that anymore. We want to submit to you. So forgive us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, and the salvation that we're receiving right now. And God, I pray for all of us that no matter where we are in our journey, that today we would live out this brand new life all because of you. God, help us to remain in you. Let you be first and foremost in our life so that we can produce great fruit. Let us respond to everything you say, Jesus. I want to live an obedient life. And may I respect you and give you the honor and the placement of my life that you deserve. God, use us. Use Cultivate Church. Start with us. Let us impact the community that's around us. Thank you for loving us and for using us, for trusting us with this great mission to touch the world. Jesus, you get all the credit for everything you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we honor the Lord together? Yeah, he's good.